Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Well, good morning. Wasn't that awesome? That was amazing. I am crazy proud of all the kids and teens uh, to be up here with that kind of courage and, uh, and cute factor and skill and energy and passion. Oh, man, that is awesome. And uh, as a family pastor here, every single week I get the chance to spend time uh, with some of these kids from, uh, from toddler right up to, you know, grade 12. And uh, I just have to say, I have one of the best jobs in the world. Yeah, the, the chance to work alongside some of the amazing leaders and volunteers and kids and teens and families and parents blows me away. So, uh, oh, lots to look forward to in the future of this church. It's Christmas, almost. It's the Christmas season. And uh, what are we, nine, nine days away? There's, uh, it's crazy to think only nine days. When I say that, does your heart skip a beat too? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate it when people do that, so I just did it to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and here we are. And as I, as I see the kids up here, I, I think back to the days when I was a kid. And in this time leading up to Christmas, there was just this buzz, this, this excitement, this anticipation for what was coming. And, and you, had the, you had the parades. You had the different Christmas parties. But, but you still, you were looking forward to what was coming. And, and as a kid... We had a Sears wish book. You know those things, like two inches thick? Uh, I guess they're out of business now, but, you know, you'd, you'd pull it out and thud, there you go, on the table. Flip it open, and me and my two younger brothers, we're, we're just like looking at all the different things. Grab a pen, we're circling all the things that we want. And it's just like this page, this page. Yeah, okay, keep going. Wow, wow, wow. This amazing stuff. And then pass the book to my parents and just like... And they're, and they're kind of wondering, like, okay, just let me know what in this book you don't want, <laughs> right? <laughs> because we're just all over it. We are into it. There's this buzz, this anticipation. And maybe for you, this, this Christmas season, there's some anticipation as well. There's some, uh, there's some expectancy of what's coming. My, my, two, uh, my two oldest, I've got, to, I've got three kids, uh, five, three, and one. So Hannah and Leah, the two oldest, this is kind of like that that peak age of they're just living the Christmas dream. And they've got their wish list, and it's got, you know, the typical things that young girls would want these days. So you've got, you've got Hatchimals, of course, you've got Hatchimals. You've got, you've got uh, unicorns. Everyone needs a unicorn, right? Didn't you know? Uh, we've got LOL, doll, LOL dolls. I can't even say that, uh, much less think about it. <laughs> Those things, the, the, the eyes take up half their body size. It's like, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, what happened to just good old-fashioned Lego, right? <laughs> Something that you could step on and you just, everything would be right in the world? No. Um, I guess. But here we are, and there's an expectancy to the Christmas season. And if you weren't here last week, Pastor Nathan uh, dove in the first week in this series called Waiting for Christmas. And what he talked about was the fact that if you were to read the Christmas story, starting, say, in, in, in Matthew chapter 1, You'd expect a nativity, and what you'd get is a genealogy. You'd see this list of names. You'd see this name after name of, of people that, that had gone before from, from, from hundreds, if not thousands, of years 
And you see this, these names and you, you realize, okay, you know what? Why, why is that? Well, it's because the Christmas story, you know, with the, with the shepherds and the angels. I love that video. That Christmas story is not part one of what God is doing. It's actually part, you know, four or five. It, it, it's, it's a story that God entered into relationship with people back in Genesis when he created the world. And then there's been, there's been different moments along the way, if you read your Bible, where God has stepped in and just been in relationship and, and it made promises to certain people along the way and in the nation, his people of Israel, people like Abraham, people like Moses, David, Daniel. All along the way, God had made promises and in just the perfect time, in just the perfect way, boom, God steps into history in human flesh in the Christmas story in only a way that God have, could have planned. Not in a way that any of us would have predicted. God steps into human history. Boom. He delivers right on time. And it's like, it's like an Amazon box that, that you've been waiting for. You ordered and you're sitting there. It's like, I hope it's going to come in time. It's like the 22nd, 23rd. It's got to get here or else, I don't know. Everyone's hopes are dashed. No, but, uh, and it comes. Boom. There we go. Clutch. Unless you have Amazon Prime, which we have. So it's like... Click. I don't even have to worry about it. Two days. Yeah, there it is. There's no waiting, right? I mean, contrast, two-day wait time is a long time. These guys had to wait 2,000 years for something. And that's a whole sermon in itself on waiting. But Amazon, it delivers just on time. And we've, we've had a steady flow coming into our house. We, uh, we're starting to feel bad for, for the guy in Lakefield, Lakefield at the uh, post office. His name's Dan. We're on a first-name basis by now. <laughs> So uh, Sonia and, and the kids, they uh, baked some cookies and brought them over. Ah, huh, right? You have to give them some love. I, forget the strike. Just give, them, just give them some love still. And God delivers just at the right time in the right way. And right now, as we, as we jump into this Christmas season, we're expecting certain things, aren't we? We all have expectations of what the Christmas holidays are going to be like. Maybe some, uh, some much-needed R&R. Right, finally, get some stat holidays. And then the flu hits you. Oh, like everything that you were hoping for, boom, out the window. Or, or you, were, you were hoping for your family all together, finally, the extended family, all of us in one home, just one happy family. And then you actually get together and realize, okay, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> right? The expectations versus reality. We all have expectations. And those are some fun examples. We all have expectations. And what we're going to find as we dive into a story in Luke 1 is that there were people leading up to the Christmas story, as Luke, tell, Luke 2 tells it, that have been waiting for something. And they've been waiting actually for a long time. And what we're going to find is this, that God always delivers on his promises, but not on our expectations. God always delivers on his promises, but not our expectations. See, when we meet these two characters, if you want to turn in Luke 1 uh, to verse 5, we're going we're to jump in. We're going to cover a bunch of verses and, uh, and just learn some amazing things. I've been studying it. Just uh, there's, there's incredible stuff that we're going to find. And what we're going to find is that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're two characters maybe you've heard of, but they're, they're, they're leading up to Jesus being born and, uh, and the incredible good news that is. But, but Luke's uh, account includes them, and I'm so glad it does because it helps us to orient our perspective leading up to Christmas. 
our perspective around what God is going to do, around the expectations that we can have of him, of ourselves, of the people around us. And, uh, and we're going to jump in Luke 1, verse 5. And what we're going to find is that, is that they've been waiting for a long time. They've had, it's almost as if they've had a Christmas, Christmas wish list. And every year, they have it on their wish list. In my family, we have a Google Doc and we share all of our ideas so that everyone knows. It's as if Zechariah and Elizabeth have a Google Doc, and every year there's only one item on it, and every year Christmas, Christmas comes around and they don't get it. And so the next year, you just use the same Google Doc over and over and over again because they're waiting for it and it doesn't come. Luke 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. All right, so just stop there for a sec. So in, uh, in the, the nation of Israel, there's, there's 12 different tribes. They're of a tribe uh, from, from Aaron, and there's actually you know, a line in there of the high priest. So these people had a special role. Their occupation was set, and, uh, and they're both from that family line. And it says this in verse 6, And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. These are people that, that took God seriously. They walked the talk. They lived it out. They weren't perfect, but they, they, they truly wanted to follow God. And then in verse 7, But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. They had to wrestle with infertility. And in a culture where having a kid meant everything in the world, they were the outcasts. In a culture where having a kid was important because when you got old and when you, when you couldn't care for yourself, it was your kids that took care of you. Having a kid was critical because, because um, you needed someone to, to pass on your land and, you, and your possessions and everything too, your inheritance. You'd pass it on. If you didn't have a kid, you didn't have that. And in a culture where having a kid was a sign of blessing, Everyone that didn't have a kid would be looked at with kind of this, this shame, this scorn of what's wrong with you? And here Zechariah and Elizabeth are in the middle of the tension of, of uh, unmet expectations. Here they are wishing for more, wishing for something that they never had. And every single year, it's the same thing on their wish list. They're wanting a kid. They're wanting it. And they're, not only are they wanting it, they're praying for it. It, it says, it, we're going to get to that, where it talks about how they, they've been praying for this. This is something that that's a, it means a lot to them. And they lived with that tension of unmet expectations. Because you'll find, as you read the story, that Elizabeth actually has a nickname. And it's not a great nickname. It's barren. Barren. It's like, you know, this person that doesn't have, right? Meanwhile, her name, if you look it up, it means God is abundance. And Zechariah, his name means the Lord has remembered. And yet here he is, year after year after year, of feeling like, God, where are you? Like, I need you right now. I want a son. I want a daughter. I'll, I'll take anything. I just want you to show up. And it feels like God has forgotten him. And maybe you're here this morning and you're living with that tension of unmet expectations. On your wish list is maybe, maybe something beyond just R&R. Maybe it's something a little bit more serious. Maybe there's, there's things in your life that won't necessarily come up in small talk conversations, but deep down is something that you've been longing for. A change in your life. Maybe a change in, in someone's life around you, and you want it more than anything in the world. 
and you've been going to God with it. You've been praying. You've been like, God, I'm, what more can I do? I just, I need you to show up in this moment. And you're starting, if you're honest with yourself, you're starting to lose hope. And if that's where you're at this morning, I have incredible, incredible news for you. Because God does not forget you. God does not forget you. And and spoiler alert, this story about Zechariah and Elizabeth is a story about how God brings hope to the hopeless through the unexpected. And if you're here this morning, and some of the things that, that are weighing you down or on your wish list are just kind of are kind of there in the background of your life. There's hope for you. If you're in that if, if you're in that place where it's just like, God, would you just sh- finally show up in my job, in my fan- financial situation? God, would you just would you just finally bring healing to my body or the body of my loved one? Would you just would you come in and break through and, and fix this marriage that, that's headed sideways? Would you do this? Would you, would you heal like only you can? Would you do this? And you've been in this place where you're torn apart, or maybe it's a relationship that's gone sour, and you're just like, please let there be forgiveness. Let there be just restoration. You're longing for something that's, that's deep, that's, that's personal. And this story is going to say, you know what? In the middle of your pain and disappointment and unmet expectations, that's where you're going to find God. And this Christmas season, that's where God is. Not just in the warm and fluffy and in the, in the beautiful, he's also in the broken. And God wants to meet you this Christmas season in the middle of exactly where you are. So here are Zechariah and Elizabeth. And uh, we're going to pick the story up in Luke 1, verse 8. And it says this, Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is actually like a normal circumstance. This is something that God had put in place, and they're just doing their, their duties with it. But uh, Zechariah is here, and he's one of, uh, I was reading, it's like eighteen to 20,000 priests. There's a lot of different priests, but, but how they set it up was they only had one chance to go into this place to, to offer uh, incense. And he's, he's, he's old by this point, and he's looking forward to that day. He's been waiting. There's that word again. He's been waiting for this opportunity to go into God. And here it is, his chance. He comes, you would think, expecting God. And then it says this. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell on him. Man, that... Is crazy. I have, I have never seen an angel. I doubt anyone in this room has. Put your hand up if you've seen an angel. Uh, I believe they exist. Uh, they're all throughout scripture. I believe that angels exist just as much as I believe God exists. And here, boom, the unexpected happens. The supernatural happens. And it happens just like that. And here, here's Zechariah. He goes into the temple and he's been, you know, thinking it's just another day. Just another day at my work. And boom, God shows up. And he's, he's taken back. He's surprised. He's like, whoa, 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 what just, what just happened? And I think there's a warning there for each of us, that, that is, those of us in the room that have decided to follow Jesus. There's a warning here for us. Because what can happen, and, and even priests and pastors are not immune from this, is that we can come to church, we can go into a temple, we can, we can do different things, we can, we can talk with God, and just treat it as a humdrum thing. 
We can treat it as this situation where, ah, you know what? It's just another prayer. It's just another Sunday morning service. It's just another life group conversation. And yet what God wants to do is speak in a dramatic, powerful way. But I don't know that we're ready. We're just, we're just kind of going through the motions. And, and here, here's Zechariah. He's, this is his time. He should be, he should be like, well, okay, what, what's going to happen? Crazy things have happened in there. Because he's one of those people that, that believes in God. This is, you know, believing in angels is not a surprise to him. The, the fact that an angel showed up. He knew that God existed. He, he had given his whole life to serve God and to honor him. He had, given, he had given it all up. He wanted to be blameless. He had changed his pattern of living to follow God. Maybe that's true of you too. And maybe it's also true of you that you've, you've heard about how God works in supernatural ways. Zechariah would have known how, how God parted seas, how he, he raised people from the dead, how he did miraculous things. And yet here he is, and when the miraculous and unexpected happens, he's shocked. And I think we can all find ourselves in that same place of being able to relate. There's a warning there for us. Because God loves to surprise us. He loves to surprise us. We, we try and box him up in this neat little compartment of, okay, yeah, um, you know, I'll pray, I'll pray before dinner and I'll show up at church. And, and God, doesn't, doesn't, God doesn't keep in that box. He's going to blow that wide open. And this story is going to just show us how that can happen. When I think about my life and the different prayers that I've prayed, God always shows up in the unexpected. Is there, is there a prayer that you've prayed for years and years and years, and it feels like God hasn't answered it? I remember one time when I was a teen. I was uh, 16, 17 years old, and uh, just regularly was taking time with God in quiet time reading the Bible, and I was praying regularly for wisdom. Just, just this character attribute of wisdom, that it would just be a part of my life. And it's, that's one of those things that it's, it's hard to quantify, right? Like, how do you know, okay, boom, there it's arrived. It's not like, God, would you do this on this certain day? It's, it's just kind of this prayer that's out there with no finish line. And I prayed it repeatedly over years. And then I went off to school in Toronto at Tyndale and uh, was, was learning, was studying. And then second year, I uh, met met Sonia, and she's now my wife, and we had, we'd started dating at this point, and, and I, by this point, I'd kind of forgotten about this prayer about wisdom. You know, I, yeah, I wanted to be a part of my life, but it wasn't something that I was just like on my knees, you know, faithfully, just like begging of God. It was just kind of this thing I'd forgotten about, and then I googled what Sonia's name meant, and I told the story at her wedding, and it means wisdom. And God loves to answer our prayers, but not in the way that we expect. And that blew me away that God, how, how did you do that? How did you know? It gives me shivers just thinking about it. That God met my prayer, and he didn't just meet me at my prayer. He met it and raised it times 20, right? Like, some of you guys know my wife. What an amazing gift she is, and I'm completely undeserving and God knew that, and he was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix you, Andrew. Here you go. <laughs> Set you up for success. You want wisdom? There, I gave you wisdom. <laughs> she keeps me on track all the time. But God, God loves to surprise us in a way that only he can. We, we have our box, and he just blows it right out of the water. And, and here's Zechariah. And he sees this angel, and he's blown away because he hasn't been expecting it. 
Let's pick it up in verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. That's John the Baptist, in case you're wondering. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Verse 15, For he will be great before the Lord. And there God just goes at it again. He, he could just, you know, give us the simple prayers that we pray. He could just give us, um, you know, God, I just pray for a good night's sleep and a good day tomorrow. And, you know, just kind of these humdrum, mumbled-on prayers. I remember praying when I was a kid and sometimes still catch myself. And God, God wants to take the prayers that we pray and blow us out of the water with what he wants to do. To just lavish his love on us. And that's what he did in Jesus. When, when Jesus comes, and that's what the Christmas season is all about, Jesus doesn't just come and, and meet this, the simple little thing that we, we feel like we need. God comes in Jesus, God with us, and just gives us everything we could ever imagine. Healing, love, forgiveness, an example, hope for the future, hope for eternity, a, a, a way to live, just everything. Boom, there you go. You have it. You didn't deserve it, and there it is. And God's just lavishing on us what we don't deserve. And he does that with Zechariah and Elizabeth. They've been praying for this prayer. And by this point, I don't know. Maybe they've forgotten about this prayer. Maybe they've forgotten about it. It's not even on their radar. And yeah, God remembered. God wanted to meet them in the middle of their disappointment. Man, if you read on, Verse 18, some crazy things happen. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Wrong answer, buddy. (laughs) And I know I'd be saying the same thing. God, like, I'm old. I don't know how this is going to happen. I would have some of those same doubts. I will give him credit, though, um, because he says... uh, for I am old, and even it's talking to the angel, for I am old, and my wife is advanced in years. Oh, doesn't that just come off so much nicer? He pulls out the, uh, the advanced in years comment. All right, take note. But we have those same doubts, don't we? We've been praying for something, we've been wanting something, and it's just like, ah, I, I've given up. It's just not going to happen. And even when God shows up, through, through this angel, and the angel is literally right in front of him, even still, he doesn't believe. <laughs> and how true of that is us, how true is that of us, that when God even just does everything for us to believe, still, we're just slow to believe. We're slow for it to, to click. And yet God has patience, and, and, and he follows through with this in an incredible way. Even when Zechariah says, how can I know this? When he's doubting, when, he, when he's thinking, you know, God can never do this. You know, I, there's just too many limits, too many boundaries. God, through this angel and then through Jesus, is saying to us, that? That's nothing. That's nothing. Putting a baby in this womb? Oh, that's peanuts. I made this world, and I hold it daily in my hand. I, I've been reading a devotional with my kids at the night, uh, Hannah and Leah, and uh, we've been looking at some of the fun facts about the way this world is. And uh, some of you guys are science buffs. You'll appreciate where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm just going to put the nerd hat on for a sec here. Some science facts about how big the world is. 
and how big God is who created the world. Did you know that in the Milky Way galaxy, there's somewhere around 250 billion stars? Billion. That's, that's wild. Give or take 150 billion, because scientists have no idea that it's so hard to count. <laughs> Give or take 150 billion? What are you talking about? And Milky Way galaxy is just one of the galaxies. On top of that, there's about mm, 200 billion to 2 trillion. Whoa. Here's a fun fact. Some of you guys would love this. There's a galaxy called the Whirlpool Galaxy. It's 30 million light years away. Just a quick jaunt. It has a black hole the size of 1 million of our suns. Okay, sorry. What? A black hole the size of 1 million of our suns. And when, when God tells the story in Genesis of how he created the world, he just says, and let there be light. Boom. Okay. All right. We've got, uh, I can't even do the math, so whatever. <laughs> Billions, trillions, quadrillions, whatever the numbers come after that, I don't even know. God, God can do anything on a macroscopic level and then on a microscopic level. I'm saying that wrong. Microscopic level. There we go. God can do anything. There's, there's 7 billion people roughly in the world. Every single one of those people has an average of 37, what is it? 37.2 trillion cells. And every single one of those cells has 3 billion DNA base pairs in them. Again, mind blown. This is nothing for God. God, God doing a miracle in your life is, is, not, is not hard work. This is just piece of cake kind of stuff for us. But God is wanting for us to trust him, to have faith in him. He can blow our box, no problem. We can, we can, we can say, you know what, God's only going to show up in this way and through this person and, and in this time. And God's going to be like, Shh, I got this. You think that's how I am? Just watch me. Just watch me. I'll show up. I'll show up. God can speak into your situation in the middle of your disappointment in the middle of your, what feels like hopelessness. And when it feels like God's far away and God's distant, like it felt for Zechariah, guess what? God was right there with him. And that's the amazing part about the Christmas story, is that God doesn't stay far off, away from our pain, in the, you know, away from the realities of life and the tensions of unmet expectations. That's why the Christmas story doesn't start with Luke 2. It starts with Luke 1. People that have, that have journeyed with God and wanted him to show up, and it's like, God, where are you? The Christmas story knows the realities of your life and what you're dealing with, and it breathes hope into that situation. And I hope that you find inspiration in the fact that God knows you and what you're dealing with, and he's going to meet you right in the middle of that, whatever it is, whether it's a broken friendship, hurting marriage, whether it's financial distress, whether it's you name it, whatever you're going through, it's not that God forgets. So I know sometimes it feels that way, and it felt that way for Zechariah and Elizabeth, but he doesn't forget. God is faithful to keep his promises, but not in the way that we'd expect. See, in heaven, miracles are normal. And our expectations can cause us to miss Christmas because we're not waiting for God to show up. In our, in our, in our home uh, through December, we've, we've had different songs on, on repeat, and one of those is a song called Emmanuel, you know, which means God with us, from Hannah Kerr, if you're looking for a song suggestion. Because God surprises us in the way that he came. He could have come in just this royal castle, and yet he just shows up. 
in a barn, in a feeding trough, and he's ready to meet us exactly where we are and breathe hope into that situation. So let's jump into that story. How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you good news. It's like, I, I was just with God, and I'm coming here to tell you this is what's going to happen. Time to believe it. And Zechariah doesn't believe it. And what happens is that it says, And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words. So for the next nine months after this point, he's going to be silent. He's not going to say a word till the baby is born. When Zechariah comes home, it says, After these days, in verse 24, it says, After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden. She felt that shame. She felt that shame, and, and it was just like, can I really hope this? Can I really believe this? And God pulls through. And, uh, and there, you know, it's, it's funny. They ha- haven't been able to have a baby, and then all of a sudden she conceives. Well, what's the, what's the, what's the trick? What's the difference? It's, uh, it's Zechariah's voice. And maybe that's a little quick little tidbit for us guys. Um, just keep your mouth shut. It might go better for you, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And here they are experience the joy, the thrill of exactly God showing up in the middle of their pain. And just to kind of wrap it up, in in verse uh, 67 of Luke, it says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Jump to 72. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. <clears throat> excuse me, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. Remember how Zechariah's name meant, meant the Lord has remembered and he felt like God had forgotten him? Well, here he is saying, yeah, you came through on your promise. That promise that you made to Abraham, boom, there it is, just in perfect timing, perfect way. When we felt like you were far from us, here you were to show the mercy promised to our fathers. And what an amazing gift that is. The fact that God keeps his promises, but not in the way that we expect. And so this Christmas season, as you make plans and as you set up expectations, I hope that God's going to show up in the most miraculous ways. I, I, I hope that he's going to surprise you, that you won't be stuck in your way of thinking, your expectation of how he's going to show up. Because God wants to do something so crazy and so unique. And for those of you that are planners, like my wife, that's, that's got every moment planned out. It feels like. I know it's not. But it feels like. And uh, we can always already predict what's going to happen into January 1st and 15th. And she's already planning Easter. All right. Some of you guys are like that. I'm exaggerating. But, but that's what it feels like. You know, she's got, her, she's got everything uh, going. She's wrapping presents and I'm just kind of being tagged along. For those of you that are planners, maybe God's not going to stick to your plan. And he wants to show up in a unique way. I remember one time, just to close, I remember a time in... Uh, in Thornhill in North York there, uh, when Sonny and I were driving by on Bayview on a December, December day, snowy day, and uh, there's this guy on the sidewalk, and uh, something looks a little bit funny. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. She's like, no, I think you got to stop. Something looks off. So we pull in. She's right, of course. I come over to this guy, and he's down on the, on, on the sidewalk, and his, uh, his wheelchair knob, you know, powered wheelchair, had fallen off in the snow. And he was just sitting there, cars driving by. And here I am like, all right, God, thank you for my wife. And just, you know, 
telling me to just stop here. So here I am. I'm like, I reached down, give him this massive bear hug to get him in his wheelchair. It wasn't pretty, but it worked. And, uh, and God just showed up in a unique moment like that, that I was not expecting. But maybe God wants to show up in the, in the people in your life that you least expect. Maybe there's a neighbor that drives you nuts. All right, do you, anyone have a neighbor that drives you nuts? Uh, you, don't, you don't have to say a lot. Um, and they've got the Christmas lights going, and they go all night long, and they're strobing at 2 a.m., right? Oh, man, maybe God wants to speak through that neighbor. Maybe God wants to speak through your mother-in-law. Yeah, God can speak through your mother-in-law. Believe it or not, he can. Maybe he wants to speak through the cashier, someone that you never even met, and God wants to show up and surprise you with his love. He showed up and surprised us with Jesus, even though he had promised it, even though there were so many clues. No one, none of us were expecting it, and that's what the Christmas story is all about. It's not about our expectations. It's about God coming through, delivering in his perfect timing, in his perfect way. And I trust that you guys are going to take this and you're going to think about, okay, what does this mean for me? What can I apply to my life? When you're hopeless, God's going to pull through like only he can. Let's pray. God, thank you that you aren't distant, that you're not far off, that you're near to us. You're near to the brokenhearted. You just pour out your love and you sent your son Jesus to live and to die for us, and to, to be raised to life, and to offer us hope. Thank you for the, the hope that's found in you. Thank you that, that you're God, and we're not, and we can just accept the way that, that you want to show up in our lives. Help us to be open to your leading, to what you want to do. Thank you so much, God, for the gift of Jesus, and the gift of, of who you are showing up in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.